All right. Welcome to Find the Outsider Podcast. This is our thing where we do the intro after having finished the podcast as a way of kind of introducing you into it. So we're really excited to do that. We just had what felt like a rich and far-ranging conversation about uh, how we relate to ambition and willpower um, and that that kind of uh, pervasive sense of like reaching into the future, grabbing how what we think the future might be by the scruff of its neck and bringing it back to the present and saying, let's go for it. And uh, how that may actually be hindering our ability to do the work we love right now. And even if it's gotten us to this place, it might be not how we want to go forward. And so as you can tell from the past couple of podcasts, Tim and I are in a lot of reflection about what is this? What? How do we want to go forward? And so that uh, comes up today, this idea that maybe a future is claiming us that we're moving into rather than us kind of claiming a future and pulling it back. So see what you think. We want to hear what's claiming you afterwards. We'd love to know uh, what do you think is, is from the future is claiming you. And this podcast really feels like a spiral, like it spirals down, like we cover the same territory, but a layer deeper again and again and again. So a real invitation to like, come, you know, come down the wormhole with us a bit on this one. We'd, uh, yeah. we'd, we'd enjoy the company and, uh, and, and, and please do whatever it takes to translate what we're saying into your own life. That's right. That's right. Can't wait to hear what you think. All right. Take care, folks. So Tim, I wanted us to be, and we talked about being in a little bit of more conversation after a recent video blog we did. Mm-hmm. Right? We were talking about this idea of ambition and this kind of idea of seeking some unnamed future, right? Mm-hmm. Like this balance between kind of being where we are and just being here and that kind of like seeking or striving piece. And it was it came up as you were watching uh, a river one day. And I wonder if you just want to kind of bring us in in that way and then we'll move from there. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so, hello, people who are listening. It's so nice to be with you again in your ears or your living room or while you do your washing up or what. Or uh, there's people who listen in groups, apparently. So it's Whoa. just like, isn't that awesome? So it's mm-hmm. just wonder- wonderful to be with everyone again. Thank you for having us in your lives. And as you know, um, part of what's been happening for me has been this kind of like rebuilding or uh validating or recentering or whatever word you want to use of being out in nature more and um and uh the other day I was walking to work um and uh we've been doing this thing with the 12 secret names and I I just do that a lot when I'm out and uh and I was looking uh, there's a particular river I cross called the Maggie Maggie um, which is uh, a river that throw, flows through Mahone Bay. Um, and there were some uh, trees I was walking past. And I felt like they corrected me. You know, I just got like, I got set straight. Because with the words, when I was trying to find the secret names for the river, it often involved the destination of getting to the sea. And when I was talking, uh, trying to find the secret names for the trees, it was often about reaching for the sky. And I got this like really strong piece of feedback and who knows where this feedback comes from, but I felt it and it came to me, which was, um, we're not trying to get anywhere. There's no destination. We're actually just flowing where we're at. Like it's not, there's no, this river is not attempting to reach the sea. It is not trying to get to the end. Mm. Like 
really you're just standing at a point where the river is flowing you know it's almost like what are you talking about it's nothing to do with me you know this mm. talk of, this talk mm. of destination has nothing to do with me and then i got a similar kind of piece of feedback as i was looking at the trees of like we're not reaching for the sky stop telling us we're reaching for the sky we're just like <laughs> we are growing where we are in the space that we have in the context of the environment we're in we're not reaching for the sky mm. you know and that kind of led me into this whole kind of internal conversation with myself about how much I um, uh, drive for a desired outcome or project mm. onto the circumstances we're in of an outcome. And, you know, very specifically, I mean, we've had very concrete feedback from a, a client of ours over the last six months that actually... Um, you know, my ambition for what I think the direction of the work should be just wasn't theirs. Mm. Just wasn't theirs. It's like, no, stop doing that. <laughs> right. You know, like, like allow us to hold our own position and our own stance. Stop like, you know. Um, and so, I mean, I've got another example just from more recently, but I think that gets us going. And, and so it's this sense, I, I feel like the, 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 the conversation for me is something around kind of like how ambition and how drive and how vision and an ability to see the future, which I think many of us who are stepping up to lead change in the world have right now, you know, um, how all of that jives with or dances with the reality of where we're at um, and the uncertainty of where we're going. And uh, I think I've often been driven by where I want to get to mm -hmm. rather than... Uh, anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to about to start waffling. I can feel it. So I'll just, I'll let you speak now. <laughs> Great. Great. Yeah. Uh, and actually that was where I was about to go was this idea and I will say more about kind of this in my own life, but this idea that that ambition, that drive, that making things happen, the ability to see a different future, the ability to articulate a different future, the ability to kind of like set our sights on something and go there or get there. I think has been part of what's made us both successful. What's made the outside successful, mm. right? And so it's um, it's quite interesting at this point where we're we've had a fall of reflecting, right, mm. and kind of like then now setting this course to even move into a space of questioning even that, even that drive, even that ambition, even that. Because I do think, I mean, there's no way that it, we, you know, like that's where, why we are where we are. That's why groups want to work with us, right? So it's, it's not that it's not, I don't think about throwing that out. I think it's about inquiring about it and is it needed now and, and does it fit for us now and how and when does it fit for our clients and when does it not, right? Because I think, you know, we've, we got that feedback in the last six months, but I was even thinking about that other big piece of work we're in. And, and we just kind of kept wanting to say, and like, how about others outside of your sector? And they're like, no, no, we're big enough. You know, mm. 18,000 person organization, that's enough. Mm. Um, and, you know, just kind of this idea of when does it serve and when does it not? And, and 
and because we work with a with the idea of living systems like this idea of learning from the trees and the river and and what does ambition look like if you're just simply being what you are does ambition then become to become all of who you are does ambition become to make the most interesting curious beautiful shape you know i don't even know i but it feels like the ambition becomes something different when we bring it into the natural world is ambition to be in harmony is ambition you know like what is that actually is there ambition from the natural world but i just wanted to say before we got too far is like it's not i don't think we're saying just like chuck ambition but I think we're saying, like we say about so many things, maybe we're saying that's insufficient or an overdeveloped muscle. You know, we talk about that heroic leadership being an overdeveloped muscle. And so I just wonder if what you're bringing us into is to begin to develop some other muscles to meet the future. Well, I think it's definitely an overdeveloped muscle for me. You know, I think I think a lot of um, my career and my life has been dependent upon my ability to articulate in a charismatic and inspiring way alternatives mm -hmm. to uh, how we're working together, um, to how we could be structured or organized. I think, I think in many ways, I think you're right. I think at the root of my success has been this ability to charismatically draw for people how things could be other. So they mm -hmm. would buy into a different way of working right now. Right. You know. Um, and I, I think, um, and I think that holds greater, I think that works better when you're running events. Ah, okay. I think that ability to like, inspire and motivate with an alternative future is when you're creating a pivotal moment mm -hmm. for people, mm -hmm. I think actually it can really serve. Like that ability to stand up and be like, look, imagine, not to tell people this is the future we're heading towards, but like breaking people out of the reality and saying, imagine if it was this. Mm. Or people get to experience an interaction between some individuals that like blows their mind and opens their heart, you know, creates these moments of like epiphany or gateways that lead to longer journeys. And um, but that's not actually enough to sustain the day to day grind of getting change done. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. It's just it's yeah. just not it's just not enough. It's not. Uh, yeah. It's not. It, be, it starts to feel shallow. Mm hmm. Right, it starts to feel disconnected from reality, and uh, um, and I think many of us who are in the world of facilitation or are in the world of leadership, and by leadership I mean we're involved in leading others. Mm -hmm. You know, we've somehow in our lives stepped up to take some responsibility and said, uh, "Well, I'm willing to do something about this." You know. Um, uh, there's an element of that which is about putting yourself out there and with, I think we can get quite good at telling stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I just wonder how easy it can be to do that and look over your shoulder and realize nobody's with you. 
Mm-hmm. You, you start thinking it's truth, you know. Um, all right, and then the last thing, choose, and then I'll be quiet, is this, uh, I just started working with this kind of image of reaching out. I, th- I think a lot of my practice has been reaching out into the future, firmly grasping something, mm-hmm. and then like dragging it willy-nilly, regardless of resistance, <laughs> into the now and saying, look, you know, it's almost like I've, if I, there was an image, it's like I'm reaching out my arm and firmly grasping something from the future mm-hmm. and dragging it back through time to try and insert it in the present. Mm-hmm. Like I can feel the forcefulness of that gesture. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually how I've approached a lot of this work. And, uh, and please, as you listen Listeners, like, translate that practically. I'm using a metaphor to describe something that has literally been a way of getting things done, yeah. you know. And uh, and I've just recently been in a conversation that has been a lot softer, which is like, well, reach out and you scoop up some of the stuff from the future and then you bring it back to the now and then you, like, sprinkle it, like, s- spices in your stew mm-hmm. right now. Or you sprinkle it, like... Uh, seasoning on the stuff that's cooking right now so it begins to feed into what might happen rather than this sense of like you know it's a far harder right we're gonna let's go let's do this we can we can against all the odds Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know i want to because i feel like i have a a an aligned but not the same kind of image that I'd like to put in here. But first, as you were just doing that, Tim, I thought about how responsible and central it makes us when we're res- when we have to grab from the future and pull it back. Mm-hmm. Right. So as you said that, I was like, oh, oh right. So then, oh God, right? <laughs> it's up to us, yes, to make that happen. We become responsible for the outcome when we do that. Yeah. When we're the visionaries dragging stuff from the future and the now to inspire people to do it, we take ownership away from people. Yeah. Bollocks. I know. <laughs> well, look, I didn't, I know. I didn't see it. Just, I mean, and we, we just had this conversation where you, I, I hadn't seen it until you just did that. I was like, oh, how, whoa, how much does that centralize us and our work and our responsibility oh. in making it happen? Shit. Uh, yeah, just uh, that's cool. That is gr- <laughs> that is great, mate. Right. Thank you. Well, also because I can find it in myself, right? As we have mm. a couple of projects winding up, and I'm looking and saying, oh, and new oh. one, and new ones starting that we get, right. you know. Yeah. What did I do, and what didn't I do, and could I have made this different? And you know, like just like that narrative that just wants to be reinforced over and over around like my responsibility to change the future. Like it just, you know, or like to create, even to create a future or whatever it is. So I can just really feel that. Um, And how, when we work with clients too, when we want them to take new things on that we've done, how hard that would be for them to do if we've been the holder of that future. Um, So yeah, and you know, both of us can, and really, I'm sure many of our listeners can identify with being kind of the over-responsible, make-it-happen kind of people, uh, which I think gets to my, so when you did that, it's just beautiful, like you kind of reached out your arm and pulled it back. 
And I've been really working with my own imagery recently about um, this idea of like opening up my heart, which if you all could see me, right? I have two hands and kind of like opening up my heart. And, and I've been saying the word unclenching, right? Mm. Because my way of moving through the world, I think uh, from the earliest days was uh, to kind of clench up and pull it back and then hold things real tightly and move them forward. So I've got two fists over, over each other. And I'm just kind of moving it forward. But the, the motion is quite internal. It's quite clenched. And boy, I get to those futures, but it's because I held everything so tightly to get there, right? So it's like by hook or crook, by will or nil, I'm going to get to that particular future, right? And it's just quite clenched. And so the motion I've been working with recently is to like unclench, to open my heart, to open my hands, um, to, to move into a future, right? Because there's no doubt. I mean, uh, yes, I mean, we could, we could always talk about time and space being relative and we might be doing parallel lives at the same time. But right now, what I know, my lived experience is like, is of moving into a future, right? Um, and so that is the direction. There's a directionality that I'm moving, but I can move there real tight and clenched up or I can move there a bit more expansive. And so as you talk about allowing an ambition, I think part of what I'm trying to determine right now for myself and for the outside, or my part of the outside, is how do I open up, unclench, allow, and, and really be guided, listen for what wants to happen, and move in that direction. Like maybe the trees are listening for what nutrients will come in that will make them grow a certain way or waiting for the sun and then moving toward it because that's what's being called for as they are beings. And so I'm really in my life right now because I feel like there are all sorts of unsolvable things in mm. my life right now. Oh I don't my know goodness. where they're going to go. I am, I am inundated with right? unsolvable problems like inside myself, in my family, in my relationships, in my business. Like it is just right? overwhelmingly unsolvable. Unsolvable. <laughs> And I am not, and you know, we say this to our clients all the time, but it mm. feels like it's it. And, and I think, you know, I'm really happy right now, but I don't actually see how some of the things I'm in are going to be resolved. I don't mm -hmm. know how that's going to happen. And I, I've just come to believe I cannot think my way out of them. I just cannot think my way out of them. And so what I have to do is pause, reflect for me, pray and allow and be guided, like actually opening up to being guided. So I'm curious what that might have to do with this ambition conversation. As I think about me personally being guided, I've said to you, I feel like there's no doubt that I'm directionally going, like I feel right, I feel aligned with, and specifically around work, I feel very aligned, the movement is forward. Hmm. And, and, I, and I feel good and spacious, my arms are open. And there's like this little, thing coming out of my right side that's just kind of like moving me slightly to the right feels like the same direction just slightly to the right right and so I'm waiting to see what is that but I'm not I know I know Tim I cannot figure out what that is I know I'm just going to have to wait and see so one of the things we're doing just to say out loud I'm going to run a goddess class for outsiders because that feels like that's part of part of that moving to the right I don't know I don't know if it's going to be anything or do anything else different besides run this class for outsiders, but it feels like a little allowing being guided, right? The class came to me in a download 
I'm just going to allow it to happen mm. and follow that guidance. And so I'm curious, I think I rambled a little bit. I think my main point, Tim, <laughs> let me bring myself back. I think my main point was I can't think myself out of these issues. And so I have to allow and be guided. And I wonder what that has to do with the ambition. Well, I feel like that's everything that I'm doing right now in the face of this inundation, this deluge of uh, unsolvable problems is that mm -hmm. I'm constantly just trying to pull myself back to now. Because what I do in the face of an unsolvable problem is try and fix it. Mm -hmm. I try and uh, see the, and I actually try, and, and I don't just try and fix it short term. Yeah. <laughs> like I try and actually arrive at an outcome. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I will do like my, it's almost like there's a whole piece of me that kicks into that. And, um, and so I'm, I'm constantly reminding myself at the moment not to get ahead of the game. Mm -hmm. you know? So if I think about 2021 for the outside, and we've got these new clients that we're beginning and partners that we're beginning to move in relationship with in the US and Sweden and Canada, you know, and we've got these relationships that we're closing out in other parts of Europe. And, you know, and it's like, mm -hmm. and I'm trying to not to, I'm, I'm just trying to be like, what's the next step? Right. Like, don't, don't plan this any further than it's actually happening. And like, and so there's something about um, like what actually needs to happen now rather mm -hmm. than, I don't know, I feel like I can get very involved in planning into the future. And so I think that's been a big right. piece for me. And, 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 uh, and just when you were talking as well, this idea of going out and like going out and like claiming the future or claiming the work and then mm -hmm. you are responsible for it. You know, mm -hmm. as, as opposed to being claimed by. Right, right. You know, and so right. I was just on, I was just, my first call this morning was with an outsider. And, you know, we're talking about like how we will consolidate our team over the kind of years, over the next year and what that might look like, you know. And it's, and, 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 and we got into this conversation around, well, is the outside claiming you? Like, like, yeah, of course, there's practical conversations here that are around contracts, that are around hours, that are around time, that are around effort. There's all kinds of elements to this, you know. But there's also a piece of like, are you being claimed? Do you feel yourself being claimed by whatever this momentum that the outside is? Do you feel that? And so I think that's a big, that, that's a big piece for me. And there's something also about like, how I've generally leveraged my willpower to get somewhere and to get something. And now I'm leveraging my willpower to be here. Yeah. And it's really different. Yeah. And I think I've That's always so I've always related to change work. I've always known willpower was essential to change work. I've always known that ever since I was a young man. You know, willpower was essential in many ways to survival for me in different pl mm -hmm. different times and may uh, anyway so i'm using yeah um so so there's something about oh my willpower i'm actually using at the moment to come back here rather than to drive me forward through the impossible challenges and and i, th I think that's kind of somehow subtly and rightfully different than how i've approached a lot of the work Oh, I think that's so good. Um, and I think you just said it 
more eloquently about the claiming what I'm it's, it's um it's like not only is the outside claiming me but I'm I feel like what's happening is I'm being more open to being claimed yeah there we go you know what I mean like it's like okay whatever it is it's gonna pull me or guide me I'm open I'm open I'm open and I'm gonna follow it I want to, and I want to say something that we'll probably go back to trust. Um, I think that's such a really interesting reframe of willpower. The idea of will to being present to what is the idea of willpower being um, something that is necessary, but I, I'm, I'm like thinking about this, like, oh, cause I've been thinking a lot about like surrendering my will right to the divine. So that's kind of been how I've been thinking about because because will is my superpower, just like it's yours. I, I right? can actually vouch for that. That like <laughs> you, I just just in case anyone listening is like questioning that, like I can vouch <gasps> that Tuesday has an extreme power of will in the face of almost insurmountable circumstances. Uh, you know, I think I would say we both do. I think we've both like made this life quite different from how it might have been for ourselves that's true um thank you mm -hmm. and so i've been thinking about this idea of like actually really surrendering will and how it's going to so meta like how how will how much willpower it takes to actually surrender to be guided because it's there's this trust piece that you're that we're kind of beginning to circle around which i think is is if you are going to give your will to being present now or if you're going to give your will to like being open to being claimed, there's a fundamental trust in life that has to be present that I think probably took me 46 years to get to, right? That it wasn't, I mean, maybe I, I probably popped out trusting life, but then, you know, you get further and further away from that as you grow and have experiences, certainly traumatic experiences. And so as you were talking, I was thinking, but to allow yourself to be claimed, to put your ambition in service of life or whatever wants to come or wherever you're being claimed, right? Requires a huge amount of trust, trust in life. I would say in the outside trust in each other, right? I feel like for, for both of us to say we're being claimed by the outside and then ask others, are you being claimed? I think is a huge amount of relational trust, right? That we're beginning to extend out beyond the two of us to others perhaps mm, yeah. and then it occurs to me in in the way that kind of all the kind of paradoxical things happen in your life it actually requires an enormous amount of trust in yourself <laughs> right looks like it's and it is absolutely trusting where you're being called trusting life trusting each other but it feels like fundamentally trusting yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Don't know why I had this. Um. I was I was up early this morning at five, and I and you said something. I don't even know why it triggered this image, but maybe it's one of the reasons it's so hard to trust. You know, if I think about, I remember being thirteen, and it's either my first or second night that I was away at the boarding school in Bristol. And I remember the uh, the door to the dormitory 
you'd come in the door to the dormitory and I was on the top bunk right on the left of the door as it opened, you know. And like, I remember just being fucking terrified, like just by being mm. in there. Because you'd get like 18 year olds would come in generally hammered, you know, and pull kids out of bed and like beat the, sh- you know, I remember this incredible kid having the crap beaten out of him in front of me. Like you said, I remember lying under those covers being like, why the, fuck did, why the fuck did my parents send me here, you know? And like, and I think all of us to varying degrees have had experiences that have triggered our fear, that have, mm-hmm. that have trained us out of trust in life and mm-hmm. trust in people. All of us have to varying degrees, but, and, and, and like fear isn't a relative thing. At least, you know, I mean, I think you've taught me that, that trauma isn't a relative thing. Fear isn't a relative thing, you know. And so this ability to trust, the, the, even in the face of increasing uncertainty. Yeah. In our families, in our communities, in our lives, in our businesses. You know, I don't think it's a small ask of any of us. And it doesn't feel like a small ask of me. It doesn't feel like a small ask of the little 13-year-old boy in me, nor does it feel a small ask of the 45-year-old man who has, you know, achieved so much in his career through hard work and willpower. Yeah. yeah well, right. You know, doesn't yeah. it doesn't feel like a small ask. And so... I love, but I do, I, I, like this, what's claiming me? What's claiming you, listener? Like, what's claiming mm-hmm. me? What is it that is claiming us right now? Not what solution are we rushing to? Right. Because the context is so fucked up and scary that I almost can't rest unless I'm taking an action, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But what is it that is, what is happening to me that if I stepped into it, uh, may actually carry me more towards uh, a future I want or a future that is meant for me or there's a real willpower in that I just I mean maybe I'm repeating things we've already said or it's just sinking in deeper to me but like I love how you there just tie together will and trust yeah you know but I'm literally there's a there's a willpower for me involved in oh don't get lost in the long-term outcome whether that's me getting overexcited about the size of the work we could be doing, you know? <laughs> or whether it's me catastrophizing about the collapse of the entire business and my family, you know? Because uh-huh, uh-huh. like, uh, I can go either way. Yeah, yeah, totally. And there's something about the willpower to be like, just don't go there, Timmer. Like, come back, what's to be done now? And what feels mm-hmm. right to do now? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And uh, what's... What's claiming your attention now, you know? Anyway, so I just love that. It just Thanks. occurs to me, and again, like maybe we are just retalking, but it I guess I think we're diving into the nuances for ourselves, right? Yeah. Ourselves. It just occurs to me that what I want to say is the willpower that I think I have had and that has gotten me here has been fundamentally a willpower that is based in not trusting yes right oh why thank you right i'll get it done i'll make it happen 
Mm. I got it, life. Let me just do this thing. Mm. Um, I don't need to, you know, so it's, it feels like it's a kind of a fundamental, uh, uh, you know, I'm not, please. I am so grateful for the things I've done to survive and the way I've done my life to get to here. Um, and it feels like the willpower we're talking about now, that pivot is actually maybe not less will, but it's will based in trust, right? I can trust myself. I can trust my relationships. I can trust life. So I'm going to be here because I don't have to anticipate all of this future that I have to guard against. I can just take the next step. Or I trust that whatever happens in the future, I can meet mm. with this will. So just like that with, feels like with, the- with, with this will and with these people. Yeah, yeah. 100%, 100%, and so it just occurs to me, like it's, it's ah, yeah, still, still, there's still a place for will here, of course, but like maybe the will is actually a lot more trusting and a lot more, you know, we talk about like the things we ascend, maybe it's like the will coming into the right place, right? The will, the work, the openness, the being claimed, all of it gets kind of like in right relationship with each other rather than just kind of like me charging forward with my will. Huh. It really frames, I mean, I think we're reaching near the end of our time uh, mm -hmm. with each other and with the people who are listening. Um, mm -hmm. But I think this really frames up our strategy retreat in December. Like how how we actually approach the challenges that we're facing as an organization, the pat the challenges that we're partnering with our clients, who are seeking uh, to to tackle significant issues, you know, and uh, like how do we approach those? Like how could a uh, an approach like this inform our strategic choices? Mm. That they're not like it. They're not about reaching into the future and saying how do we force that to happen you know um so yeah I, th I think there's something good there's something juicy for us here in terms of a an agreement on how we approach the our strategic work come december i i like it a lot and i think that it's another place who are we talking to recently that is like it said something about you all like walk your talk it feels francis, like this is francis baldwin yeah, so I think that for me, this is another place. I mean, we have talked about shared work and just seeing the next step and not like getting too hung up on what this like miraculous future is gonna be. And we've talked about that for years and I feel like we're just bringing ourselves back to that. Mm. What do we know? What's the next step we can see? How can we be guided? How can we listen in for what wants to happen, go there and use our will toward that rather than toward making it hook and crook devil be damned kind of we're gonna do this thing well i have uh two things i might i can't as always, I'm choosing between. They're both kind of uh, songs I learned at school, so I'm probably going to sing them, but they are poems. I'll do. The, I'm going to do this one. 
And uh, this is like one of the songs I, I had. You know, the other day, uh, I was uh, I was in. I've just been I've been waking up with some of the old hymns we used to sing at my school. Ah. I think I, I think I've talked about how much I used uh -huh. to love them, and a lot of them are poems that then got converted into hymns mm. and. Uh, and I think this this is one by John Bunyan. It was written, I think, in the um, 17th century, and so it goes back a long time. And um, and then was turned into a turned into a hymn. And uh, but the other day I was thinking about these, and I, and I you know I, I remember like uh, snatches of words or things like that. And I reached up into uh, and I, on my shelf. We've got this kind of like built-in shelves. We just had. Uh, a friend of ours do for us. And uh, and I pulled down. Uh, there's a hymn book up there which. On my, I guess it must have been my 17th birthday, my mates at school stole from the church that we would, because there was a chapel. Oh. And so they nicked one of the hymn books from the chapel and, uh, and uh, they all signed it. So there was all the signed oh. names of all the guys who were in my class at Dakin's house at school. And uh, it was oh, just really okay. sweet. But then it was just lovely when you discover those yeah. things, you know, and... Uh, uh, what a, and like that was a real strong community that got us all got got us all through those times and um, yeah so it was I, so I've been kind of leafing through that hymn book and then picking out some of the tunes on the guitar while Elliot's brushing his teeth and things like that you know so these right. hymns or these hymns these old hymns are all kind of playing through my life um, as pieces of poetry oh God am I going to sing it fuck I think you are Ugh. yeah okay. <laughs> <sighs> Oh, I don't know if I... Anyway, uh, uh, you know, I know you're not meant to do this, apparently, as a singer. You don't apologise in advance to the listener, but, you know, I'm apologising in advance. Well, Mark can cut it out. To the, yeah, exactly. Oh, thanks. Yeah, what are you saying? <laughs> no, I mean, Mark can cut out your apology. Oh, I thought you meant... Yeah, you can cut out the song, mate. It's probably going to be crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, no. My, anyway, Tim, if you do a bad version, cut it out. We'll just... Uh, exactly. we'll don't put, worry about it. Yeah, we'll just, you know, just record you... Uh, Reading a poem. Um, all right, all right. So this, it's a, it's it's called uh, it's a, it's from the Pilgrim's Progress. Um, the song's called "To Be a Pilgrim," or and uh, I don't know. It somehow feels connected to what we're up to. He who would true valor see, let him come hither. One here will constant be. Come wind, come weather There's no discouragement Shall make him once relent His first avowed intent To be a pilgrim Hobgoblin nor foul fiend Can daunt his spirit he knows he at the end shall life inherit. Then fancies fly away, he'll fear not what men say. He'll labor night and day to be a pilgrim. <laughs> nice yeah there's three verses but we always sang the first and second verse at school so there it goes you know but there's I something mean, in it yeah i mean the word hobgoblin was in it which isn't that awesome that's amazing i love it yeah i I'm love sure it there's a better song so tell so you would sing the first two verses we'd sing the first verse and the last verse we didn't usually sing the second verse at school 
and um, and uh, and um, and then uh, and then the, the second verse has giants in it. Oh. Yeah. No oh. lion can him fright. He'll with a giant fight, but he will have a right to be a pilgrim. So you know. I think, to be honest, I feel like it's the song is. Uh, why is that song coming up uh, for me a lot at the moment? Because I think it's about the internal journey. Mm. I think it's a mythological journey. It's a, it's a journey inside. Like these these giants and these hobgoblins and these. You know. I just am. Ama- I want to say like none of the hymns I ever sang had hobgoblins and giants, and I just love that. That was. I mean, it just feels. Right, it's, it just feels so much a part and a piece of what you've been working with recently. Yeah, right? totally. And... Yeah, That's totally. Good. So totally. good. And it's amazing when there's 600 people singing it together. Ah, uh, yeah. It's amazing. Well, I feel like that was kind of the poem and the song. No, you don't get out yeah, yeah. of it that easy. You don't think so? It, I think it would feel weird to put a song on top of this one. I just think you should do the song. Just like you, I was like, should I do my poem and sing it? And you were like, yes, yeah, sing it, I feel like. Okay. Tell me about All the right. song. What, what, is the, what song is it and why okay. did you choose it? Give me a little... The song is another one from Christina, just because mm. she's the source of all music right now. She is so, awesome. It's by a group called The War and Treaty. <gasps> I love this song. And the song is called Love Like There's No Tomorrow. Loving every night and day. Loving all our troubles away. We gonna love like there's no tomorrow. So beautiful. So beautiful. And I picked it related to what we've just talked about. Because there's something, right, about, you know, obviously it's love like there's no tomorrow. There's something about being right now and giving love that just kind of feels to me like that same around the will to be present and the will to be kind of who you want to be in this moment, right? Which most of us, if we knew there wasn't a tomorrow, would choose to be our most loving selves, right? That's actually what we would choose. And so Mm. if I am taking the lesson from the tree and I am not reaching for some imagined future, if all there is, is right now and today, and my will is being bringing me present, then what I want to do is love, right? Like that's always the answer. And so I know this idea that 
you know, there's so much, I feel like love is getting such a bad rap. Like there's like this whole group of people are talking about love, love, love. And like, that's the way and all sorts of people are like, ah, that can't possibly be the way. And all of that noise just kind of like goes away for me. If I think about today, that's it, nothing else. Who do I want to be? It has to be full of love. And so that's why I picked this song. It's beautiful, right? It's a cracking tune. I sent that one on to Carl as well, and he wrote back. It's another one I got cred for. I think in the oh, last nice. pod, the other podcast the other day, I was like, yeah, Steena's really making me look good to friends of mine who like music because Steena sends me this music. And I, I sent it on to, because I love this song, and uh, I sent it on to my mate Carl, and uh, he, he wrote back, and I was like, oh, that's a great tune. Right? Yeah, yeah, Beautiful. yeah. Beautiful. Really, it's really something else, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. All right. Well, I think that's it for this episode of Find the Outside, the podcast. Thank you very much for listening and inviting us into your lives with... We're uh, really happy to be there with you. You can find out all the songs and everything we've been doing on the Spotify playlist. That's from all the seasons. All the songs are up there. Just go in there and take a walk with the playlist sometime. Hit shuffle. There is some wicked tunes in there. I love it. And uh, if you want anything or need anything, want to give us feedback, you know, one of the questions we are asking ourselves right now is, what are people getting from listening to this podcast? We're getting a lot from it. But if you want to tell us, you could either leave a review and a rating on iTunes for sure, or you could send yes. us, right? Mm. You could also send us an email on podcastfindtheoutside.com. Yep. That would be awesome. We would love to hear from you. We are, you know, we're, we're kind of moving through this season. It feels like a different season to all the others for some reason. But uh, we would love to hear feedback from the listeners on like, what, what, what does this podcast give you? How does it serve you? How is it helpful? What would you like more of? We'd love, 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 love to hear from you. That would be fantastic. Podcast at findtheoutside.com. Enormous gratitude to Mark Coffin, who continues to produce our work and provoke and inspire us to think mm-hmm. about how we could be doing the podcast differently and growing it. Um, and of course, to Gary Blakemore, who continues to provide music for us in the opening and then the kind of intersectional pieces of sound. So thank you. 